Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. Life isn't about finding yourself. It's about creating yourself. That's a quote by George Bernard Shaw. And I'm super excited that you tuned in to The Profitable Photographer. It's very cool to see more people all of the time listening. And we're at about 100 a day, which is nothing to be sneezed at. And so tell your friends about it because sharing is caring. (laughs) So I am so excited to have my next guest again on the show. His show was very popular, I don't know, a year ago, year and a half. It was almost exactly a year ago. I was episode 99, Lucy, right before your oh, wow. 100 episode extravaganza. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's been a friend of mine for a long, long time. And I know he always has more good stuff to say than I could possibly uh, fish out of him in an hour. So uh, we're going to have another round. So the amazing Mitch Graff, Here's his bio, daddy of three, serial entrepreneur, best-selling author, public speaker, avid gardener, two-time nationally syndicated show host, also a photographer, right? Mm-hmm. For about 18 years, I okay. made part of my living as a, a photographer, yeah. Yes. So how are you doing, my friend? Doing very well. I am loving life, and I like how that short bio you gave, the first thing mentioned is daddy of three. Yeah, I just turned 60 about two months ago and all kinds of things start going through your brain when you hit that, that number. I've always felt like I'm 29. I've mm-hmm. always felt that way. 60 feels a little different. Well, I have a 16, 14 and seven year old kid. Oh, geez. So what it does is it makes you really analyze how I spend my time, the mm-hmm. limited bandwidth that I have. I have to make sure I'm doing the things that are giving me the biggest punch for my day. Uh, I'm not working 60, 80 hours a week like I used to Mm -hmm. when I was in my 20s. I have what I call the 24-7 mentality, 24 hours a week, seven months a year. So living for my kids, everything I do at work is so I can get done with work as quick as I can so I can get to my kids' life as as I can. So uh, everything I'm doing is kind of built around that. I think I got to hang out with two of your babies when they were baby babies and hold them in my lap. Over many years, I used to bring them down to Las Vegas when I used to do all the uh, platform programs at WPPI. And then one year you came up to my power marketing super conference up here at Mount Hood in uh, outside of Portland, Oregon. And I think you met two of them. The third one came along seven years later. It was like, whoops, here we go again. (laughs) Let's try it all over again. (laughs) Well, I was the third child and I think we're the best. So (laughs) don't tell the others (laughs) that's right that's right yes so how did you get started on the path that has led you here in a nutshell in a nutshell I think and I spent a lot of time thinking about this now because of since COVID shut everything down I did a lot of writing I published three books I wrote about 35 or 40 articles for different magazines around the world and it really focused me to get introspective and look back at my life I look back at my elementary school and junior high years. I know that sounds like it's crazy, but I was looking at things that I was doing then that I can extrapolate and I can see in myself now. Uh, One of them was selling lemonade for 50 cents when all my Mm -hmm. friends were selling lemonade for a quarter. 
So I was charging double, but I gave you a free cookie <laughs> and I gave you a table with chairs to sit at. And it was just a nice ambiance, nice environment. And I didn't know what it meant at the time. I just wanted to make more money than my friends. Well, now I look back, it's like, okay, that is the very baseline of good branding. Yes. Good marketing is you get people to pay you more, but you add value to their lives somehow, some way. And at that point it was a free cookie that my mom made big for me. <laughs> and it was just off the back of the toll house package. Uh-huh. To this day, I look at trying to give as much value to not just my kids, but to photographers, to entrepreneurs. You know, I'm, I'm in all spaces now. I, I teach to all kinds of different conventions, not just photography, but plumbing, chicken growers of Canada, um, <laughs> electronics. I mean, I, I'll, anybody that wants to learn about business, you can use the principles that I've learned the hard way over my life to apply to your own business. So mm-hmm. I think right now, my biggest thing is to be efficient with what I'm doing. I just have to make a comment about the lemonade stand. Yeah, I told them, when you say something really wonderful, take a breath because you have so much goodness to share. Raise a hand. <laughs> okay. Raise a hand. That'll kind of tell me to tie that thought up. Okay. Sounds good. My editor's going to leave that in because I like us, you know, just having real conversation sure. here. Um, so I was thinking about all the other kids with the lemonade stand saying, well, no one will pay more. Everyone wants cheap lemonade, you know, just like now how people are like, oh, no one or no one, everyone, whatever follows that. I'm sure you agree is not true at all because. Oh, sure. Now it's they want they want the $300 photographer and you get a disc at the end of your wedding day. Right. That's the that's the same mentality, just a different product. Right. Or people will pay more for you. If you add more value to their lives in some way, shape, or form. And what that yes. means, each person has to figure that out. But right. I challenge you guys, figure out ways to add value to your customers' lives. And you can mm-hmm. charge more for that. I like it. So I do want to deep dive into the lifestyle design conversation <laughs> that you've already brought up about your own life. Before we do, um, I was having a conversation with one of my coaching clients last week. And she has been struggling with people on the initial phone call and at the consultation where people are saying, oh, with gas prices like they are, or we're in inflation, so I can't spend that or I don't want, you know, just an objection. Any objection. That's about where we are now. So therefore I either, I can't afford you or I want a discount or fill in the blank. And we spent the hour talking about perspective on that. And I want to share some of mine because I think there's my own fears that it's true. Mm -hmm. And then there's another aspect where people will use whatever they can that's current to negotiate with us. And I know you have other thoughts or we might have similar thoughts on that. But so what would your first response be about people having objections or resisting buying and talking about not just where we are today with the gas and inflation, Mm -hmm. but, you know, it was the pandemic before that. It was the stock market crash. And there's always something right? There's always something of the day, the flavor of the day. And that always gives us a reason to come up with these excuses. You know, oh, the way things are, or the way kids are these days, you know, you come up with all kinds of excuses to delay a decision. 
And you just have to remember that photography is not really, you, you need to look at it not as a, an expenditure, like you're wasting money spending. It truly is an investment in your future, your family's future, just like you would invest in the stock market or a house or gold and silver. You make investments because of the value that's going to bring you throughout your lifetime. And so if you get a lot of those kind of objections, that tells me that there's something been done before they give you the objection that needs to be corrected. Mm. Uh, they might just be making stuff up because you haven't shown them the value that you can bring. So back up. I always tell people, go back to the very baseline of your business and look at every single system, whether it be your marketing, your sales, your, your branding, your pricing structure, whatever it is, break everything down into the smallest number of pieces and then rebuild those systems with fewer moving pieces. And if you hmm. do that, what you might find is that, oh, well, no wonder they give me all these objections because of X, Y, and Z. Then ah. you can go in and you can fix that foundational error. And before you know it, you won't get those objections. You want people coming to you already sold. They already know how much they're going to invest, you know, a range. They already have all this stuff figured out because you have done a good job of pre-selling. Mm. That's what branding does. That's what marketing does. It pre-sells you and how much you're going to charge. It, mm-hmm. it, it pre-sells your value. So that's what I would recommend is go backwards, reverse engineer to see why they're giving you the objections. And you'll be surprised at what you find. <laughs> right. Another one of my thoughts is that it can just plain be a negotiating tactic on somebody's part that instead of buying into it, like, oh, maybe it's true. Finding way is like, I love the feel felt found. Like, oh, sure. yeah. yes, other people have, are feeling that right now. It can be a little scary. Or yes, I hear what you're saying and others... I feel your pain. Others are experiencing that as well. I've found, however, whatever you want to say, this right. is a lifetime investment and or something that's important. People are able to find the money or no matter what you pay, this is worth it. Or, you know, it's just such a great way to structure and handle an objection. You're right. Yeah. Phil felt fan is, is a yes. great way of closing. Yeah. You know, another thought too is, you said it's a it's a negotiating point, which it definitely is. But the other thing you want to think about is, and I'm going to say this, and I might get some people saying, "Wait, wait a minute! Never discount. Give mm-hmm. stuff away. Right? Don't discount. Give something away over and above what they're going to be investing with you. Right? So what does that mean? Well, it could mean the disc. It could mean uh, original prints. It could mean a 1620 canvas wall portrait. It could mean some extra time. It could mean a limousine ride. You you make a partnership with a local limousine company, which I did back in my day as a photographer, where if you book me for a wedding for five hours, guess what? You got five hours of limousine rental. And originally I worked out a deal with the local limo guy. You fast forward six months, I ended up buying him out and I bought the website and the yellow page ads and all that kind of stuff. And I didn't want to be in the limo business. I ended up doing it for many, many years, making a lot of money, but mm-hmm. I did it as a value add for people that book me for a wedding. So look for ways that you can give something for free without having to discount your products and services. So uh, that's one of my basic rules of of any industry. Yes. Back in my former lifetime, I ran a little business in the airport selling traveling. Former lifetime. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) I was still in generally this body, although much thinner and younger, but and and more foolish, I will say. So more insecure. Um, I ran a business in the airport selling currency and travel insurance. And I had uh, five or six 
people that worked for me. I was an independent contractor, but it was my business. And so I would teach them how to sell. And I came up with this picture that it's like we have a bubble and we want to bring people in into our bubble, into our land. And they might be trying to pull us into their bubble. And Mm -hmm. ultimately, if we make sure people understand the value of what we're doing and we make a connection and they fully get it, then their decision is yes or no. And so our job is to, no matter what somebody says, help them understand. And as you said, branding and so many ways, it's not, it's not like a tell them. It's like <laughs> excite them, get them to understand in ways that are more subtle than just, exactly. this is very valuable. And then if it's a no, they're not our client. And if they truly can't afford it, that's okay. We let them go with love. We don't change what we're doing or discount or most important, sit in fear. Because if there's ever been a time when it was justified to feel afraid of being successful, it's been the last two years in the pandemic. Oh, absolutely. In every industry. And what I found, especially new photographers, uh, they do have that fear and they don't want to say no to anybody. They want to take everyone that says, hey, I would like you to take a picture of something. Not everyone is meant to be your client. And the only way you know that is by first and foremost, building your lifestyle, building, figuring out what you want to do as a person, as a family member, uh, as a vacation person, as a gardener, whatever it is that you do in your life, you got to figure out what your priorities are first, and then look backwards and figure out how to build your business blueprint. And by doing that, you'll figure out that not everyone's going to be your client. Identify who that perfect avatar is, and then everything you do is for that client. All your marketing, all your collateral pieces, your website, your referral systems, your network that's out there, everything is built around attracting only those clients. And those are the ones that will give you yeses much easier. Because like I said earlier, they're going to come to you already pre-sold. And if you're having to argue and overcome objection after objection, sometimes it's better off to go fishing <laughs> or go right. play golf or something. Exactly. And at least take a customer that's not going to help you attain your ultimate lifestyle goals. Uh, so yeah, not everyone is yours. Right. <laughs> Nor do you want them to be. Right. And truthfully, my ideal clients, they have the money. So like in 2009, 2010, I did have some clients that I had before that I knew like they're multimillionaires. The deep recession that we hit did scare them. And so dropping 15,000 on the session that they knew they wanted uh, worried them. So I got creative and I said, would it be more comfortable to, let's say, pay half now and then make $1,000 payments for the next six months? And they were like, phew, sure. So they added extra an extra $5,000 because I was creative. But I didn't right. buy into that they don't have money because that stock that they you know, it all went down. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's say if you had $10 million, it went down to 3 million. And now that 3 million is like 40 million. Exactly. So, you know, it's all numbers are just numbers. So I think we're in agreement that just not buying into it. No. And knowing the people that are ideal clients, they've got the money. And yes, it is scary to, you know, it's put a hundred dollars worth of gas 
in my tank. I've never done that, but it's not like I can't afford it. And it's right. not like most of the people that, unless we're, well, I don't know. If we're doing volume at a lower price, then more people can afford it. If we're doing higher ticket, the people that are our ideal clients, if they got the money in their couch cushions. So well, and sometimes it's necessary to pivot. I mean, we we have a perfect avatar okay. for what we want in our business today, and we've identified it. We market to those people. Our referral network that's out there in the community are all in the like-minded, just like us. They're looking for mm-hmm. that same client, and that's a powerful way of getting people to come to you already pre-sold as you work with other people that are going after those same clients. But mm-hmm. it's okay sometimes to reinvigorate and pivot who oh, your yeah. client is, especially times like right now. One of my I own four companies right now. One of them is a catering company. Well, in 2020 and 2019, we got voted the Pacific Northwest Cater of the Year. That's pretty cool. Very we, cool. We do stuff for some of the biggest companies in the country here in the Northwest. And that's a pretty nice, vibrant business. Well, we went from half a million down to 28,000. Mm-hmm. Now we're, we're getting healthy again. Uh, but my perfect client was corporate. It was the people like Nike and Intel and, and <laughs> University of Oregon and stuff. Those guys dried up. So we had to get creative. And what we did is we started doing the small family reunions, uh, the mm-hmm. dinner parties for 20 more people. Now, granted, we had to charge them a lot more per person and we still had overhead. It was a, a demographic. It was a, an avatar, a perfect client that still was spending money on small get togethers mm-hmm. up in Oregon. We just lost our face mask ma- mandate about two weeks ago. Uh, and hopefully we never have to go back to that, but we pivoted. I didn't want to go down to zero. And so when everything got shut down, that gave me the opportunity to evaluate every single thing about every single one of my companies and everything that I do and all my employees. And we came out refreshed, invigorated, and basically brand new, uh, brand new businesses. Right. Because right. we have that quiet time to think. Sometimes yes. we don't have that time. Yeah. So two things that popped in my head. So if you go back to two years ago, you know, the doors yeah. locked and we were all stuck right. inside. I had many conversations about what to do. And I think I have a solo episode. Sorry if you can't find it, if I just streamed it. But it was about what I've done during the six other recessions mm-hmm. in my 40-year career. <laughs> six and, recessions. <laughs> and exactly like I reinvigorated, I polished things up. I learned to sell better. I smoothed out my marketing. I improved my photography. And kept doing what I was doing better. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is as it comes around to where, you know, good times are back, there are a lot of people that have dropped out. So I'm mm-hmm. farther in a better position and there's less competition. So that's thing number one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and about the um, the Great Depression. So first of all, my grandpa had a popcorn wagon. He actually, I think he had two, one in Portland and one in the Dells, Oregon. So I'm half Hoosier. I mean, yeah. not Hoosier. No, that's my other half, Indiana. No, I'm half <laughs> Webfoot on my mom's side. Right. And I wish I had met him. I think I'm I'm so like him because he sold used furniture. He was probably would have been on... Uh, what is it? Those shows where they go look for junk. Right. Right. Uh, storage warts. That's it. Mm. He's one of those guys, I bet. Um, <laughs> but he had the popcorn wagon at his store in the Dells. And then he had one in Portland. 
And he said, no matter what, everybody's got a nickel for popcorn. That's true. So whatever is our nickel for popcorn, I know a lot of people started doing headshots. That's a great saying. I love and, that. Everyone's yeah. got a nickel for popcorn. Yes. Ursel Greiner. That was his name. And the other thing is, you might know this, you might not, Mitch. One of the few businesses that thrived during the depression is, guess what? Popcorn. And photography studios. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that makes sense. That makes total sense. Because time keeps moving on. And I have some great formal portraits because that's pretty much the name of the game. Actually, I do have some great snapshots. And when things get tough, we value family more. Right. So, we, yeah, we all spent more time at home. And a lot of it wasn't by choice. And I think a lot of people now that are remote full time are realizing that, hey, I could have been doing this my whole career instead of spending 80 hours a week at the office. I can come home, get my work done by 2.30 so I can be there for my kids when they get off the bus. And they've, they've discovered that they can be a lifestyle worker. And I'm, I call myself a lifestyle entrepreneur. I've been doing that 35 years before Tim Ferriss wrote his book about the four-hour work week. I was a lifestyle entrepreneur. It wasn't a thing. It wasn't, they didn't call it that. They just mm -hmm. call it uh, entrepreneurs that like taking a lot of time off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they had the term. I was like, you know what? I think that's me. But when things get tough and like they have been, and they still are, it's going to take us a while to really dig out of this. We really value our family more, which that's why photography never goes away. It's mm -hmm. still important. Even though there's cell phones, it's not about the phone. It's not about the camera. It's about the person and the relationship and the skill. Yep. And the one thing that I'm really, I'm really sad to see change now that everyone's getting busy again in all industries. Yeah. Uh, and you're right. Half the photographers are gone. Half the caterers are gone. I, I also own a company that's in the barbecue rub and spice space. Ooh. Half of those guys are gone. So that's the good news. The bad news is customer service literally has evaporated. I'd say to 90% of, of the companies. What, you, what I used to get a smile from the girl at Safeway. Now it's, would you like a bag? It's like, no, 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 no. Time out. Greet me first. Make mm -hmm. eye contact, say hello. And I see that completely have changed the customer service landscape. Yeah. And I wrote a book last year, customer service is dead, delivering six-star service in a one-star world. And I'm kind of still on the, the media blitz on that. My publicist is getting me interviews all over the place. And it's like a, a, a note that people needed to hear. It's like, wow, that makes sense. So I recommend to all business owners out there, take a look at any part of your business that potentially is creating friction with a, a prospect or a customer, figure out what those areas of friction are, and then remove all the limitations, figure out ways to just take those things away. And what you're left with is a customer experience that is truly six-star. Okay. I don't care if you're a shipping company. I don't care if you're a photographer. I don't care if you're a lab. We all need to look at that. So can you give us an example in the photography space if I take a look at X and yeah. well let's let's just talk about what potential uh, objections are when somebody is coming in to decide to hire you or not. What are the objections that potentially you can get? I have a hard time with that right. because by the time they come in I've I've handled that price is an objection. Yeah. Price. All right? And you you already gave me a good solution. You said what if we split it? In payments, right? Right. And that 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 overcame objections for a certain percentage. What if you offer that guarantee? And you all should be doing a guarantee no matter what, 110% mm -hmm. guarantee. That's going to remove the risk. 
all people want to have done to them is the risk removed from their decision. Okay. Right? When you buy a car, if you don't like it, we have a couple of dealerships local. They've been around forever. If you don't like the car, you have 30 days to change your mind and take it back. And they'll give you a full refund and you get a $100 gift certificate to one of the local restaurants up in Wilsonville, Oregon. Wow. That is risk removal at its finest. Uh, what okay. if you uh, get new carpet? What's the objections you're going to get if you're laying new carpet? Well, I don't like the color. Now that I've had a few weeks to think about it, it doesn't match everything. There's a carpet company up in Vancouver, Washington, that says you have 90 days. And after 90 days, they can't resell that carpet anymore. It's brand new carpet. Now it's used, right? It's got uh, mm-hmm. patterns and foot, and dog hair and everything. You got 90 days to change your mind. Mm-hmm. And guess how many people actually change their mind out of all their customers? One in a thousand. 1.2% of the people, yeah. which you might sound, oh, that's a lot. But you know what? You just generated 97.8% or 98.8% of people that, that helped them get to yes and they install the brand new carpet. So you look at little things like that to remove risk from the customer's mm-hmm. decision. And when that happens, magic really starts to happen in your business. Your average orders go up. You start getting clients that come to you already sold. You know, hey, Bob and Susie came to you. I saw their wall portrait on the wall. He said they invested about $3,500. We've been looking to do something like that for many years. And I think it's finally time. My kid's going to college next year. I think it's finally time. They just told you that they're sold. <laughs> Right. About ready to get a check for thirty five hundred dollars. Right? Ching, yeah. <laughs> doing those things and removing the risks, good things will happen to you. I guarantee. Yes. Ooh, so I want to pivot to <laughs> my original topic, but I love that we dove into that. You got to take side trips now and then. Yes. Right? Well, and as I ponder, because I just knew that this conversation with my client last week was something that, as we thought through it together was going to be valuable to other people. One of the things I like about being a coach and a podcaster is I learn things from amazing guests like you that I take into my coaching or I get different perspectives or different ways to share. And then I also, in the conversations with my coaching clients, it gives me new thoughts to come share on the podcast. So it's a leveling up. I'm tired of that phrase, but I love that. More to share. So that being said, let's talk about lifestyle design. You've already alluded to that that is your focus right now. And it sounds like focus on things that you're teaching and sharing with others. So first of all, even though we've talked about it a little bit already, can you define that and then give us some kind of bullet point, doable thoughts and actions? Well, I think that the way that most photographers slash entrepreneurs, because if you, if you are a photographer and you own your own company, you're also, by definition, an entrepreneur. I think we've all been taught, and most of the gurus out there teach you that you have to be willing to forsake everything. You have to risk everything. Lay it all on the line if you want to build the beast, right? If you want to see that shining beacon on the hill and, that want, and you want that to be yours, you have to be willing to give up everything. A lifestyle entrepreneur... A lifestyle photographer looks at it completely different. They look at it like, okay, I have a life. I have a spouse. I have a couple of kids. I got a cat. I have a fish tank full of guppies, which I do right over there in the corner. I got oh. the guppies. They identify what is important in their lives and they build out their goals first about their personal lives, vacation, where they want to live, where they're going to uh, buy a house, what kind of car they're going to drive, what kind of clothes, you know, all those things. And then once that is firm, and your life is figured out, 
then you reverse engineer to figure out what that business has to look like. Uh, you know, I've, I've heard people say that, oh, I'm going to give up my life in the 20s so that when I'm in my 30s, I don't have to work anymore. <laughs> Guess what? Sometimes you don't live to be another day older. Sometimes our, day, right. our time is up in six minutes, six years, 60 years. We don't know. So by golly, one of the most important things I'm doing right now, and, and you know, I've said it for 25 years, but it has more relevance now. I'm living in this moment. Lucy, right now, you and I are having a moment, right? In an hour, we're, our lives are going to go on, and we're both going to be involved with different moments. Your listeners right now uh, are in a moment with us. We're all sharing this. But that moment will pass, and then we have another moment. So I just want to make sure that every single moment that I'm alive, and not, not just because I'm 60 now, <laughs> I'm feeling old, but every moment that I'm alive, I want to make sure that I'm enjoying the moment, I'm present for my kids, in case something happens to me today, tomorrow, and I want to make sure they have the memories. Mm-hmm. So, and maybe part of that is age. You know, they say that, how do you get so smart and wise? Well, because at one, one point I was young and stupid. That's <laughs> how you learn, right? You get knocked right. down 99 times, but as long as you get up one more time, as long as you get up that hundredth time, life is good. Yes. So lifestyle entrepreneurs, lifestyle photographers, you really got to build that, that lifestyle vision first. And everything else kind of works itself out. Yeah. So I want people to pause and listen to Alanis Morissette's song, You Learned. Do you know that song? No. Okay. Write that down and listen to it. Okay. It's an awesome song. And it's about living life. And then this happens, you learn. This happens, you learn. This happens, you learn. Now, after you've listened to this, Come on back here and listen to the rest. <laughs> or just What's the name of the song again? I think it's just called You Learn. And it's probably on Jagged Little Pill or her next one. And it's definitely in her uh, Broadway show that's mm-hmm. called Jagged Little Pill. Okay. Meanwhile, back to the conversation. So you're <laughs> saying that we keep learning. And so maybe by the time we're 60, or so we know some stuff, but I love that you're helping people maybe learn faster. Like I devoted so much into work that the window closed for me to be a mother. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, <laughs> I wish I'd learned more about who to date and who not to date <laughs> <laughs> and now you know, marry, now you know. but it's too late for me. <laughs> And so also when I did my wedding business, which was the first 12 years of my career, I was so busy that I missed a lot. I used to have a circle of friends that got together on the weekend and I love socializing and having great conversation and cooking and people stopped inviting me because they just figured I was busy every single weekend. And you, and you were right. And I, until I started scaling it down to where I would only take three out of four weekends. I wish I had been like, wait, let's do two out of four and earn double, learn how to make more with less. So yes. And that's that's wisdom that comes with time and comes with age and comes with making those mistakes. And I know there's people listening right now that are in that 80-hour cycle. I know you are because it's not just the wedding you're shooting on Saturday. Then you spend all day on Sunday yourself 
editing the files, doing the retouching, which by the way, you can find people out there to do it for 15 to 18 bucks an hour. And if I were to ask you, would you be willing to work for 15 bucks an hour? You'd say, well, heck no, I'm a professional certified photographer. Mm -hmm. If you're doing your own retouching and your own digital workflow, you are working for 15 to $20 an hour. And that's not where you need to be spending your time. Right. There's an old principle called the Pareto's principle. It's called the 80-20 principle, where 80% of our results comes from 20% of our efforts. Over the last few years, I, I've kind of redefined that. And I truly believe, especially now coming out of COVID, 95% of our results comes from 5% of our daily activities. And so the goal for all of us each of us individually is to figure out, okay, what is that 5% that really truly moves the dial on my business and my life and then do those things mm-hmm. <laughs> and then figure out ways to offload the 95%, whether you delegate it, whether it's a system that you can automate, whether you can eliminate it, you know, you don't have to spend four hours a day on social media. Hello, you really don't, <laughs> but you, you look at your day and you can do it the old fashioned chicken scratch way, identify how you're spending each minute of the day and do that for like a week, track your time. You'll be absolutely amazed. And every year I do a survey, uh, used to be just photographers, but now it's, it's entrepreneurs and photographers, videographers, everybody. We get about 10 or 11,000 people a year that respond. And the average entrepreneur right now spends 72 and a half hours a week working 72 and a half hours a week. Yeah. And I'll bet you the 65 of those hours are spent doing medial 15 to $20 an hour work. So identify what's important to grow business and move the needle in your business and then do those things only figure out a way don't say i can't afford it right you can't afford not to do it <laughs> mm-hmm. yes and i'm thinking about my um, coaching clients one of the things that i initiated a couple years ago because i was finding that some people weren't getting the results and i was thinking maybe i was not doing something mm-hmm. helpful and so i have them track the time they spend marketing, mm-hmm. working mm-hmm. in the business with clients, getting education and office work. And what I've found is that the people who are consistently putting in, honestly, about 20 hours of work a week and finding ways to not be spending other time, because these are people who may have another part-time job or they have kids or... Right. Like they're just doing incredible. And I haven't, well, I do have one that she had a goal of getting to that point where she doesn't have to work at all. So she put in a lot of hours of work for a sustained period of time. And now her life is her own. But I also find on the other side of this conversation is a lot of people aren't putting the time in. They have the dreams, but they're, not focused they're not figuring out what to do that has value right and they're not structuring their life in a way that works for them like what works for me might be very different than what works for you Mitch in terms of you know scheduling and such so finding like we we do have to work (laughs) at the same time overworking right is counterproductive because you don't have the perspective also and it's doing the right things during the time that we are working. There's no reason that you need to be spending 12 and 14 hours a day doing a job. 
Right. Only about two hours of that's actually going to be productive activity. The rest of it is superfluous. You can delegate that to somebody yeah. else. Yeah. Exactly. That's one of the biggest things for any business owner to identify is what are the things I need to be doing? Mm-hmm. And what are the things I'm doing now that I really shouldn't be? It's not bringing me value. It's just slowing your growth down. It's slowing down how fast you can attain that success. Right. Um, as you what build if- the beast, you know, and it's, it's not about always building the beast. It's right. about living in this moment, being valued to your, your friends and your family. And, you know, I, I have this saying, you give, 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 ask. Mm. Photographers, you're always out there doing, you know, come, I have a special family portrait special. I have a senior portrait special. I have a kid's special. And all these people, they just get numb to you always asking them. So instead, figure out ways that you can give to your client base. What can you do to give? Can you do a photography one-on-one workshop for free on a Saturday afternoon and teach them how to do wildlife uh, pictures or take pictures of flowers or how to pose their babies? How can you add value to them without asking for any money? Mm -hmm. All you're asking is maybe a little bit of time. Maybe you do a blog post that's all about how do you pose your baby, you know, Mm -hmm. your newborn baby. Add value. So it's give, 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 ask. Yeah. you're doing that, you'll be amazed at how much more of a a ROI, a response you're going to get from your your database. It's it's amazing how it happens. Yes. Our pal, Bruce Hudson, he has a a lead magnet on his website that is seven tips for Mm -hmm. taking better photographs. And then he gets in the system and then he gives them the opportunity to come in and have a class with him. So they're in his studio seeing his work and you can hear more about this on the podcast, Bruce, and I discussed it maybe two years ago. I can't believe this has almost been three years on this show. But <laughs> oh my goodness. So, so then when people are there and they see his work and they know it's not something they can do, he gets a lot of them eventually becoming family portrait clients. But it starts with the give and with, you know, for, I don't know, I think he charges... 200 bucks or something, 150 bucks for someone to come in for half a day with a few other people and learn more about photography in general. So yeah, give, give, give. And I bet you there's a lot of your listeners now that maybe are having an aha moment, like, oh, maybe that's why I'm not getting response because all I'm ever doing is asking people to give me money. If you do that, you're going to cut your success right down to the nub. (laughs) So give, 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 ask. Yes. Remember that. Yes. And People are not magnetized to people that are hungry and desperate. Right. Uh, there's an expression called thirsty. Have you heard that? Mitch? Sure. Oh, sure. Oh, she's thirsty. Or sometimes they call it commission breath. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard that one. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so, yes. Well, as always, this is a really fun, lively discussion. And I just love, I wish we could be sitting around again in Oregon. Have a glass of red wine, right? Yep, with the rhododendrons full bloom <laughs> there in Oregon uh, coming up here in May. I, I just loved uh, that time together. And so maybe we'll do that again. Oh, absolutely. Well, so yesterday was a beautiful 70 degree day up here in Oregon. And so it was the first day of spring where I took everything off the deck, hosed everything down. I got my 16 year old daughter and my seven year old daughter. And we went to the nursery. We got a bunch of flowers. And we spent the afternoon planting flowers, cleaning our pots, had the nice music out there. Of course, 70s and 80s rock and roll. That's what my kids like because that's what daddy likes. <laughs> so, but it was just a great day of being in the moment yesterday yeah. with my kids. And yeah. um, it's just wonderful. Life is too short to not do today what's important. Don't put right. stuff off because you don't right. know what's going to happen. No. I lost my dad during COVID. 
And thank oh. goodness that he, I was with him. And every single day we added value to each other's lives because oh. we knew his time was short, yeah. but I don't want to, I don't want to live my life with my kids that way. I want right. to make sure that today is 110%, tomorrow, 110%. Right. We all do that. Good things will happen in your life. Right. And you're planting healthy seeds inside your kids. Sure hope so. We don't know when you're a parent. Nobody knows. You can read all the books you want, talk to all your friends you want. It doesn't help you. <laughs> yeah. You really well, got to figure this out. I thought that I'd be this wise parent since I waited until I was 45 to have a kid. No, I wasn't yeah. smarter at all, but I am learning a little bit. Because your your window to be a parent as a dude is much wider than mine. I got, I got a huge window. I have a bayfront window, girl. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we're um, done now, though. We Our three yeah. kids, we're done. Now I'm going to be yeah. hopefully a grandparent in about 15 years. Yeah. Uh, what I was going to say is I'm still dealing with, at my age, the father who was not present for me even though he was he was a pastor so -hmm. he was very present for everyone else right and also i've learned now about love languages Mm -hmm. and that ours are different and i needed more words of affirmation i needed more time with him so So are you able to spend time with him and, and discuss no he died uh from parkinson's 24 years ago. Oh, but inside of me. Gotcha. Gotcha. The part of me that is the worker battles, it thinks that I have to achieve yeah. and keep pushing and pushing and pushing in order to have value because I got the most attention when I accomplish things. So, you know, just last week, one of my spiritual guide entrepreneur teachers, his name's Derek Rydal, if anyone wants to look him up. Oh, I should get him on my show. Ooh, um, <laughs> he he does like some one-on-one coaching in a group. And we just identified that I've still got the template from my dad that because I missed that window, he got Parkinson's mm. before I was able to say, you know what, dad, we need to spend more time together. Just you and me. I was the youngest. It was always Mm. the family together. So it seemed like we had time together. Exactly. And see, that's in a sense, it's a bit of a regret, right? Yes. Life is too short for any of us to live with even a little bit of regret. If you think you need to do something, but you're not sure, just do it. Yeah. (laughs) And find out later if it was the right thing to do. Yeah. Don't have regrets in your life. Um, My mom is still alive and she actually lives about 30 minutes from us. So, I make it a point to call her, even if I have nothing to say, just call her, say, mom, I love you. What are you doing today? Just to let her know that I wanted to have a five second moment with her. Right. Uh, I don't want any regrets, you know, and I I want my kids to have that same feeling. So as a business owner, sometimes it's tough to reconcile that because we feel like we've been talking. We feel like we have to just be there all the time for our business. No, you don't. You need to be there for your kids, your spouse, your friends, and the business will kind of work itself out. Right. It really will. If you know you've only got 24 hours a week to spend on your business, and I told you that you had to go from 70 to 24, guess what? I bet you would figure out 24 hours of things that were the most important things to do. And then someday you can live the 24-7 mentality, 24 hours a week, seven months a year. Right. And it sounds like I have way too much to do. I, I do in four companies. I have two nationally syndicated radio shows. I think we're on total between the two uh, shows, about 140 radio stations. Mm-hmm. Must be about 20,000 weekly downloads on my, my episodes. And 
I write books. I've written 10 books over the last 15, 20 years, but I don't work much. I really don't. I have people around me that are smarter than me <laughs> and I get, tell them what I want to be done and I stay out of their way and let them do their job. So yeah. it is possible if you really define what truly is important in your business day and then figure out ways to get that done. So you can quick get done and go back to be with your kids, your spouse, your cat, your dog, your goldfish. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Go back to your life. <laughs> I love it. You always have so much wisdom <laughs> and are so inspiring about what can be done in life. And um, and it's not about that nose to the grindstone. It's about working smart. Smart. Yes, absolutely. Many years ago, I went to a 12-step program called Workaholics Anonymous. And it <laughs> all the same principles because it is, you know, like the adrenaline is an addiction when you're, when I would overwork sure. there's a certain chemical factory that is creates a certain drug in Absolutely. my body. Yeah. Anyway, what I learned is it wasn't what I needed to stop doing to balance out my life. It was what I needed to add. Mm, and like the the guy I was dating at the time, he also worked a lot. It was an entrepreneur. So we said Mondays are a play day and we will not work <laughs> and we would hike we would do something special and uh, otherwise we would have had no relationship exactly than, exactly no those in between times and time for exercise time i've started reading books again novels again oh good you stopped during covid or just years ago no i stopped I actually started during covid i stopped because a getting older my eyesight was rough mm -hmm. and I have a challenge sleeping and I would read myself to sleep in the past. Mm -hmm. But now if the book is good, I I'd be up all night. So <laughs> I found a different time uh, right after my nap. I'm big on naps, partly because in the wedding industry, I would meet with clients or I would photograph later in the day. So I needed to be sure. Yep. Uh, perky. One of the lame excuses I hear all the time is I don't have time right? for X. You don't have yeah. time for it. To me, that's the lamest excuse that anybody can come with. What you should say is I haven't made time right. in my schedule. It's not a priority to me yet enough right. to put it into my schedule. Right. Um, so I found this little window where I think I would get up from my nap and turn on news mm -hmm. or something. I don't know what I was doing at that time, but you know, it just expanded. So the adding, <laughs> adding things to my life, I managed to actually buy myself more time. So anywho, speaking of time, uh, that's about our time. So I have two questions. Yeah. Number one is what is the book that you would like to gift? Oh my gosh. How do they receive it? Can I, can I mention two real quick? Uh, sure. Okay. First one is, is it came out last year. It's just called Customer Service is Dead, Delivering Six-Star Service in a One-Star World. It really will revolutionize the way that you approach the customer experience and making sure that every single touch point in your customer's journey with you is considered, is taken care of, is thoughtfully developed so that that experience is so great that they, they're not just customers of yours. They become lifetime fans. That's the first book. And the second one is The Business Basics Bootcamp basically talks about the seven pillars that I think any business owner needs to have lifestyle design, 
time management, sales, marketing, pricing, controlling social media. I can spend six hours talking about how we need to control our social media and making sure that we don't go down the rabbit hole because we all do, whether it be on YouTube or scrolling feeds on Facebook, mm. massive waste of time. But those are like the seven pillars. And you can find those on um, any local bookstore or just go to amazon.com. It's uh, their audio books, their hardback, their paperback, their Kindle, whatever format you like to consume your content. And they're just nice little fun reads. Yeah. They're, they're, I, I try to make it humorous and fun and they're, they're not too stoic and serious. Mm-hmm. My style is a little bit casual and, and comical anyway. So uh, that kind of is built into my writing, very casual okay. style. So I know you said that you were going to hook us up with one of them as a gift. So do you have a URL for that? I do. Way to yes. get that? If, if you go to power, and that's P as in Paul, powermarketing101.com slash free book. So mm-hmm. powermarketing101.com slash free book. You can download the a PDF version anyway, if you don't mind reading it on your computer screen or on your phone of customer services dead delivering six-star service in a one-star world. Great. And I really do believe that's going to completely revolutionize the way that you look at that mm-hmm. customer experience. And um, if you have any questions, you can send an email to sales at mitchgraph.com. And Mitch is with the knee. There's one of my branding things, M-I-T-C-H-E-G-R-A-F.com. So sales at mitchgraph.com. And uh, we'd love to answer any questions for you. That's why I always think of you as my friend, Mitchie. <laughs> oh, I get Mitchie, Miche, Mitch. It's like, no, no. In the seventh grade, I wanted to be different and unique. Because again, it's a branding example. I dropped the L because I'm a 1L Mitchell, Mitchell Allen. Uh, dropped the L, kept the E. And to this day, I'm Mitch with a silent E. My mom will never spell it with an E. She's just M-I-T-C-H. Yeah. That's how she spells my name. So I got to be different, right? Lucy? Yeah. Well, that's funny because when I was in junior high, I changed my spelling from L-U-C-Y to L-U-C-I. Oh, and back then that was very unique, wasn't it? Yes. I never liked my name until I made that change. Interesting. Okay. See, two branding people here. We changed yes. our names. Yes. And, <laughs> and then I could dot my I with a heart. I've always. Okay. That's a little girly there. Yeah. I would never do that. Am I with a heart? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, but it's my brand, Mitch. Not it your is brand. part of the brand. Exactly. It right. Is. And everybody little... has a brand that has to be thoughtful and it has yeah. to be strategic. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, so we have that in common. Okay. Last question. What either something that you're like, oh, I wish I had mentioned that thing or just what parting thoughts would you like as takeaways? Well, we, we've kind of taken a 30,000-foot view on lots of different aspects of, of photography and of life. And I always love that in our conversations. We've been doing this, Lucy, for 20 years. You know, yeah. just, It's been a few years since we've physically seen each other. Yeah, but it has. The one thing I think that I want to mention is if you live life with intention, if you live life like every day is a Saturday, and that sounds a little bit strange, but when you think about it, when you wake up Saturday morning, Man, it's a great day because, well, unless you're a photographer, wedding photographer. But normally, if you have a regular weekend, you wake up Saturday morning, you have all day Saturday, plus you know you don't have to go to work on Sunday. Yeah. So Saturday feels unique and different uh, compared to the other six days of the week. Mm-hmm. Saturday is special. So having the mentality of every day truly is a Saturday, it changes your perspective, it changes what you do and, and what you say. And how you live your life. I love it. Every day can be a Saturday with the right perspective and the right attitude. 
You do that. You go and evaluate all the different systems in your business. You figure out what's important to your life. Success is going to be yours. Whatever that means. Success is different to all of us. It's not just about money. Sometimes it's about the little things that make the biggest difference. So I encourage you to go out there and think about all the things that Lucy and I just share with you. And Lucy, it's always an honor. I love spending time with you, man. And good good luck with the next 200 episodes. Yes, thank you. <laughs> and so remind my listeners to stay tuned for my little wrap up. And Mitch, just thank you so, so, so much. I, oh, it's an honor. I can almost hear the little light bulbs popping. <laughs> <laughs> 82 countries now has been listened to in 82. Oh, good for you, Lucy. Counting. That's awesome. Well, good That's for awesome. my guest. Good for the listeners. Good for the world. Good for our industry. I agree. I agree. Thank you for what you do. Thank you, my dear friend. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening all the way to here. If you're still listening, then you know that means you. And so just want to remind you, go to lucydomascoaching.com. Lucy with an eye to download my ebook, 10 Big Ideas for Marketing in the Real World, Getting Away from the Computer and Getting Out, Meeting People and Being Seen Visibly. And quick wrap up. We talked a lot about when there are times that people either they're nervous about spending because it's a recession everything's shut down from the pandemic are now gas prices and you know food is more expensive things like that and how to deal with that number 1 make sure people understand that this is a long time investment and something they can't put off realize that maybe they aren't really worrying about that as much as using that as a negotiating tactic or a way to say no nicely sometimes people do that Sometimes people are not our ideal client. If paying an extra 15, 20 bucks to fill your gas tank is going to uh, make it so someone can't invest two, three, four thousand dollars in portraits, then you know, maybe they're not we're not reaching our ideal clients, or we need to let them go with love. And then we talked about what he calls lifestyle design. And I love the thought of where we figure out how we want to live. So start with the end in mind and then backfill how we design our career and our lifestyle so that we can be having a life around our business rather than having our whole life be business. So I love that. And then I liked his quote about being successful. We want to give, 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 and then ask. And to encourage you to think about how you could live your life like every day is Saturday. So that's it for now. And thank you for being one of my loyal, fabulous listeners. And stay tuned for more. Got some other good guests coming up. Bye for now. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.